For the first 200 years of American history, Christian families raised their kids with the intent of helping them assimilate into a culture where virtually everyone agreed on what moral right and wrong actually was. These beliefs were largely grounded in the Christian faith and the Judeo-Christian ethic that dominated our citizenry's belief, at least up until the latter part of the 20th century. A worldview that respected and largely adhered to the objective moral standards found in the Bible. Many Americans today, however, view right and wrong more subjectively rather than as an absolute. Feelings and opinions, therefore, dictate each individual's desire to live as he or she sees fit. The Bible is now considered an archaic book of myths in the eyes of many Americans. Unfortunately, too many of those Americans are our very own children. How to help defend our kids against a cultural jihad. That's today on Licensed to Parent. Well, welcome. We are glad to have you with us today on Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis and, by extension, their families. I'm Rich Rosel, and our host is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry. And, uh, Trace, we often talk about our culture's influence on the worldview of our kids these days. Why do you think so many parents seem to underestimate what our changing culture in and of itself is doing to the appetites, the attitudes, and the actions of our kids? And, and that's even our Christian kids yeah, today. Uh, no doubt. Well, as much as I hate to admit it, Rich, it just seems that so many of today's parents, and that includes Christian parents, are entangled in the same web and ways of today's culture themselves. It used to be that the so-called progressive thought of the 1960s was reserved for the hippies. But, uh, you know, those same hippies are now the parents and even the grandparents of today's ruling class, if they're not still on the job themselves. And as the saying goes, you know, what one generation does in moderation, the next will do in excess. So now we've got three generations who are blindly living out the logical end of this relativistic postmodern worldview that the hippies helped usher in over 50 years ago. But the difference is that there's now no stigma attached to it anymore. Mm, right. uh, in fact, much of it has been normalized, even legalized in the case of pot and homosexuality and all this type of stuff. So it's getting to the point where even people on the far left are asking themselves, What's a poor rebel to do? I mean, we've got <laughs> nothing else to rebel against anymore because everything's accepted. There's, there are virtually no vices anymore. You know, I, I remember having talks with my kids at various younger teen years when they were saying, you know, anything you say I can't do, I'm going to do. You know, they're just telling me they're going to be rebellious. But you're right. Maybe that's the answer to society's ills. We just legalize everything, and then nobody rebels That's anymore. how you do away with criminals. You legalize everything. Yeah, I think there's right? some logical fallacy there. <laughs> well, you know, we've, we've now basically redefined what vice actually is, and that's probably the heart of the problem, isn't it? Absolutely. And the, and the terms sin and righteousness, uh, by the way, have become archaic terms reserved for the history books and right-wing Bible-thumping Neanderthals like you and me. Who uses sin and righteousness anymore? You know, particularly those outside the church. So today's kids are, are now watching more than just a smattering of young rebels indulging in what they used to be considered taboo like in the 60s. Today, they're watching adult professionals people who should be their, their role models, yeah. promoting a, a, a political ideology and moral insanity that makes no logical or what used to be called common sense. 
I'm talking teachers here, professors, doctors, lawyers, politicians, people in the media, sports stars, movie stars, entertainers, and unfortunately, many parents and even clergy. Kids used to take these people seriously, and they, and they sought them out for wise guidance, trust, and security. But these same so-called adults have too often selfishly sold out to being progressive and or politically correct hipsters. Uh, you know, there, there used to be a reason adults were encouraged to be role models to kids. It was because everyone knew that kids would ultimately emulate them, especially if they were, were people of status or influence. But Peter Pan, you know, like, you know the story of Peter Pan. Uh, like Peter Pan, too few adults ever want to grow up or wise up themselves anymore. So their kids don't either. Why should they? Too many parents aren't requiring it. You know, one thing I thought about with this is that uh, we are in what I've heard called a microwave generation. Yeah. I want it, and I want it in three seconds. <laughs> yeah, so I want exactly. it now. And one of the things that we as parents have um, have failed to remember is that emulation that you just talked about, you know, our kids following in our lead. Right often doesn't happen for quite a few years. Right. In the teenage years, they don't want to be like their parents, but then you wait until they're grown and you go, aha, he did pick up what I was doing there, or she right. did understand what I was saying. And because we want to see it now, and we want them to like us now, yeah. we, we yeah. fail. Yeah, and, and we, we, uh, we don't want to stretch our kids in anything uh, during those adolescent years. I mean, the purpose of adolescence uh, now seems to be to perpetuate Adolescence, uh, party hardy and rock to you drop, you know, uh, both kids and their parents uh, have now bought into a, a, a lot of these kinds of false right. premises today. And, you know, as we often say in this broadcast, when you buy into a false premise, the rest of any story can actually start to make sense. So this nonsense starts to make sense to a citizenry with no sense anymore. But thank God we know there's an objective truth to the rest of every story. Without understanding that truth, this nation is much more likely to fall prey to the culture jihad that today's guest has written about. But unfortunately, too many of us are too conditioned and too distracted to think it can't actually happen here in America. Remember 9-11? I dare say it's already begun, Rich. And all while our faces are glued to the smartphones, amusing and entertaining ourselves into imbecility. We become a people ripe for a culture jihad. Well, today's guest uh, is somebody who knows a lot about this. He has written the book on it. He is a repeat offender here on Licensed to Parent, meaning that he's been with us before. Uh, Todd Starnes was on Fox News and the Fox News Channel for more than a decade, now on his own with the Todd Starnes News and Commentary, which is airing on over 750 radio stations across the country and beginning in November, the Todd Starnes Show, a three-hour caller-driven radio program featuring major newsmakers, entertainers, artists, and Christian leaders. Social science researcher George Barna included Todd as one of the top media influencers for evangelical Christians back during the 2016 presidential election. And I dare say he will no doubt be in the thick of it with the upcoming 2020 elections as well. Uh, Todd has now authored several books, including Godless America, The Deplorable's Guide to Making America Great Again, and his latest, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. And we are delighted to have him back with us once again on Licensed to Parent. Well, Todd, welcome back to Licensed to Parent. Hey, guys. Really appreciate it. Hey, listen, uh, I really appreciate you putting together this book. Um, I think it can be a great tool for parents to help their kids better understand what's really going on in America, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story. Uh, what did you hope to accomplish most by writing this book? 
Well, I've been covering these issues regarding uh, the attacks on American culture for, for years now uh, here at Fox News. And after the, the 2016 presidential election, I began really exploring why. Why are there attacks on our American traditions? Why the attacks on our heritage, the founding fathers? And specifically, why the, uh, the hostility, the outright hostility mm-hmm. towards religious liberty in this country? Right. And when you look at what's been happening in our culture, um, going back a couple of years, I, I was watching a TV show. And the Islamic radicals had, I think, reinvaded Iraq. There was something going on there. And they, the first thing they did was they began to dismantle Iraq's history, uh, literally. They went into the museums, and they turned all of the statues into rubble. They burned the paintings and just destroyed ancient history. And I realized, well, wait a second. That's exactly what's happening in this country. It's, yeah. it's a bloodless jihad. But they are literally tearing apart the very fabric of our nation. Look at the recent headlines. They're actually debating whether to paint over a mural of George Washington. There are books being banned, like The Mockingbird, Little House on the Prairie. I mean, we're talking about things that extend far beyond just religious liberty, the attacks on religious liberty. You know, I see the presidential candidates on the Democratic side. I'm going to expose a little bit of my conspiratorial mind, I guess, but... I can't help but think that these people aren't promised a big payday uh, by some people pulling the real strings uh, above our, you know, our politicians. This looks like a payoff to me. Am, am I anywhere in the universe on the right track here at all? Uh, they truly do believe what they're preaching from their podiums during those debates. And, and when you read Culture Jihad, it, it'll make sense because there's, there's something much bigger going on than just attacks on religious liberty. Um, you know, we heard from the most recent debate, Beto O'Rourke say, uh, using a profanity, that he was going to take away our guns. Yeah, right. And, and that is part of this effort. Again, it's a full-on assault on the Constitution. Yeah. Uh, they want to take away the Second Amendment. And the reason why, and they're, they're, they're going after the Second Amendment just as strongly as they are going after religious liberty. Right. Those are two things that cannot exist in a socialist society. Mm-hmm. You cannot have an armed populace, and you cannot have a populace that pledges allegiance to the Almighty, that is one nation under God. Mm-hmm. So for socialism to truly flourish, which is what the Democrats want, that's the identity and the ideology they have embraced. They're going to have to get rid of God in the public marketplace, and they're going to have to get rid of everybody's God. Well, they also have to get rid of objective history. Uh, it was, uh, uh, I think, John Adams who said that, you know, a, a democracy will not work with anything other than religious people. And correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, in the 1700s, when, a re- you know, he, when he said that, religion was pretty much uh, on par with the Christian faith. Uh, the freedom of religion uh, might have been better interpreted freedom of denomination uh, because, I mean, you couldn't even hold office in some of those New England states unless you were a member of a church in good standing. As Christian parents, if, if we're nuts enough to send our kids to a public school, we have got to get involved with that school and make sure that those kids aren't being indoctrinated with some stuff that they should never be indoctrinated with. Am I right or wrong on that? That's really the most important piece of the puzzle here, because our public schools are being used as the engine to facilitate this massive cultural change. They are being taught an ideology 
And that's why they had to get rid of, you know, they had to, you know, they, many schools have stopped letting the Gideons in to, to hand out Bibles. Mm-hmm. They've stopped letting pastors and youth pastors visit students on campus. Uh, we just did a story about a school in Mississippi for 15 years. Uh, they've been having a, a monthly worship service with, you know, student-led, and now they're not allowed to do that anymore. So because, because it doesn't fit the narrative of the left, but, but it's, you're right, moms and dads, must be engaged in the local school system. Find out what they're teaching the kids in, in the textbooks. This is vitally important. And, you know, Franklin Graham, who I interviewed for the book, said bluntly that moms and dads, Christian parents, need to pull their kids out of public school, put them in Christian private schools, uh, homeschool. Home school, yeah. But he said this is how serious of an issue it is in our local public schools now. Right. You know, one of the, the things that I write about in the book, um, and, and I, you, you mentioned John Adams, and that, that quote from John Adams is actually in the book. Uh, Ronald Reagan delivered a terrific speech, and so many of uh, so many speeches that were just great, but one in particular. And he talked about this idea of American greatness. And he said American greatness, the idea for American greatness, starts around the dinner table. And yeah. I think that's a big challenge in America right now, is our families are are under attack, and quite frankly, so many families have allowed themselves to wither away because they're so in, involved in, in so many different things that they don't even have time to sit down and share a meal together. And right. I think that's really hurting the country to some extent. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, I find it interesting, uh, so many on the left just love anything that comes out of France. Uh, but Alexis de Tocqueville in the what mid-early uh, uh, 19th century uh, toured America, and I'm, sh- I'm sure you're probably familiar with the story, uh, to, because France really wanted to find out what made America tick. I mean, they'd been through different governments. We had one, and we were becoming a superpower even our, in our early days. And so he, he toured right through here, he, where we're, we're broadcasting from. And he concluded that after he's seen churches in every street corner and, and just how we did things, he said, America is great because America is good. And when America ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. How in the world, uh, in, in, in the midst of a time when America had legalized slavery, could he make a statement like that and still uh, have his credibility held up? Well, I think you have to understand, I mean, that, that was the nature of the time. Right, and but times, but, but our heroes of, of yesteryear, Jackson, Jefferson, they're they're now Washington. They're looked at like you mentioned earlier. They're getting they're painting over their faces. It's like they're scumbags in the in the eyes of a lot of people now, and I don't think parents uh, realize uh, and teach their kids and. To, to realize that had you lived back then, regardless of color, because there were actually white slaves and there were black slave owners, uh, few and far between as they were, uh, but I don't think they realized that we may have uh, been victims of our culture back then too had we lived then. Or is, or is that a, just a bogus statement? No, I think that's a fair statement. I mean, you know, I come from a family of itinerant uh, farmers and, and moonshiners, uh, so I, in our family we were dirt poor. Uh, mm-hmm. I can tell you that uh, we certainly... Uh, you know, did not own slaves. Uh, and, and again, you know, this, this is what concerns me is that now we are expected uh, to pay for the sins of our fathers. And, I, you know, that, that is just a horrifying thing. But again, it's, it's the people, and look what's happening. It's not just they're going back to when people are, are 12 and 13 years old to see what they wrote on Twitter or Facebook so that their lives can be destroyed. But they are going back in time to 
the founding of the country, and they're they're applying the standards and the values that we live by now. Um, they're, they're applying those to people like George Washington right. and Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. And gentlemen, there was a time in American history when uh, kids got married when they were, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. Hey, man, I had a, aunt, I had a great aunt who was a grandmother at 26 out of the hills of Kentucky. Wow. So uh, do the math, 13 and 13. You're exactly right. We're talking today with Todd Starnes of the Starnes Media Group. He's host of Todd Starnes News and Commentary. And next month, he'll be kicking off the Todd Starnes Show. This is Licensed to Parent. We'll be back with more right after this. In the training of our children, what role should public school play? Documentarian Colin Gunn takes a panoramic exploration of this issue by hopping in a school bus for a field trip all over America in the DVD Indoctrination. Colin conducts a series of candid interviews and discovers how God's recipe for training the next generation is being replaced with a humanistic, man-centered program that fragments the family and undermines the influence of the church and the Great Commission. Christian teachers and principals share how they're attempting to walk the tightrope between teaching what they do not believe and being restricted from their God-given call to be salt and light. Indoctrination, Public Schools and the Decline of Christianity in America. Available in the Licensed to Parent store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherds Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Teen Rebellion, Depression, Addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month, Christ-centered, nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and Licensed to Parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. Welcome back. This is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. And incidentally, while you're there, if you missed a past program or if you'd like to rehear this one, you'll find all of our programs on our website, licensedtoparent.org. And today we're talking with Todd Starnes, formerly of Fox News, now on his own with the Todd Starnes News and Commentary, featured on over 750 radio stations across the country. And today we're talking about his book, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. Todd, today's young people uh, have been indoctrinated to believe that diversity in and of itself is an absolute vehicle for strengthening a nation. Uh, can you set the record straight on this issue? Yeah, it's a load of hooey, um, <laughs> to, to be honest with you. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I did a piece on a, a school out of North Carolina, and the it was an 11th grade honors English class, and all the kids were required to submit a diversity inventory, and one of the parents sent me a copy of it. And the kids were actually ordered to 
uh, reveal their religion, their ethnicity, their sexuality, uh, their economic background. And at some point, the teacher made the white kids in the class stand up, and she told the kids, you know what, you guys are white, you're privileged, you've been able to do things because of the color of your skin. And and the parent who sent it to me had an interesting uh, take on this. She said that that ultimately what that does, it builds animosity absolutely um, between the students. And and they're really creating a racial divide where there may not have been a racial divide uh, to begin with. Yep. And this this is a part of an effort, and and it's by the, and I, I hate you know I hate to say it, but as the Democrats, they have been advancing these these identity politics narratives for years now, and and people buy into this stuff, and it's really sad, and it's also very very dangerous. Mm. Um, I, I talk about this in the book, and uh, I actually use an example. Uh, this act, this literally happened. I was um, in one of these HR training things, and they were going through and they were talking about offensive, you know, racial epithets. And it was very, I mean, that was, you know, straightforward stuff, uh, things that you should not say, you should never say. And they would never even, you know, they didn't even utter the word because they're so horrible. Uh, And then uh, when it came time to address, I guess, white people, uh, they used the term cracker. They actually said cracker. Mm-hmm. And and so I raised my hand and I said, <laughs> I said I'm offended by this. I said you can't say you. that word. Good for you. You have to say the c word. And, uh, and then I said, and I'm not a cracker. I'm a saltine American. Good for Again, you. Showing the absurdity. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, seriously, the, the the attacks. You know, trying to divide us based on the color of our skin. It is so offensive. I'm a Southerner, and and so I, you know, by birth, and I understand what that means and what the implications are. And and I talk about this in the book. I I was worshiping at a church in in, uh, Southern California, and it's an incredible, it's a a beautiful Baptist church, five or 6,000 people there worshiping. And you know, guys, I can't, I couldn't find a majority um, ethnicity in the, in the congregation. And I realized that, you know, when you get outside of politics, that the body of Christ is the answer for the racial divides that Absolutely. there might be in this mm-hmm. nation. Absolutely. And that's where you're going to fix that problem, not, not, not in Congress. Uh, why should parents require their kids to know the Constitution by the time they start, at least by the time they start high school, maybe junior high? Well, I, I believe that parents have a responsibility to, keep, to teach their kids about civics. And 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 what they you know, what their rights are under the Constitution, uh, I think moms and dads should not entrust that to their local public school yeah. because, quite frankly, you don't know what that school is going to be teaching, and there are a lot of a lot of liberal teachers. Mm-hmm. So that's why you know I I encourage moms and dads in, in in the book to to take that responsibility you know on themselves and also to teach their kids basic things like you know economics and help them understand. You know the difference between capitalism and socialism. Yeah. You know, a couple of a couple of months back, somebody did a survey. They asked a bunch of college students why they like socialism, and just about everybody said because we get free stuff. Yeah. Right. Why wouldn't they? Especially if they don't know their history. But the yeah. freedoms produced from the logical outworking of our Christian heritage, not the lo- not the illog- the logical outworking of Christian heritage. Love your neighbors yourself, doing others, blah blah blah. 
have made America the envy of the world. These freedoms were, you know, they weren't derived from the principles of Islam. Why is Allah getting a pass in America today while Jesus seems to be getting passed up so often? I think people are scared, to be honest with you. They're scared of offense. Um, we saw that happen right after 9-11 when networks decided that they would stop showing the pictures of, of the planes flying into the buildings uh, because they didn't want to offend um, and, and you know, stir up you know, anger uh, across the country. So, so I'm not surprised by that. But I will say this, and I, and I, I point this out in the book. I believe, and th- this is going to be slightly controversial to some people, but based on my readings of the founding documents and the correspondence of our founding fathers, including John Adams, I believe that our nation was, in fact, founded to be a Christian nation. No doubt about it. And uh, it's, I mean, I, you know, I know it's, it's, and it's been distorted. I think we've been brainwashed to think that, to think otherwise. Absolutely. But when you, but when you read our founding documents, it makes sense. And, you know, again, going back to the early days of the country, we sort of go into this in the book, you know, just telling some of those early stories of Christians and the, the Christian influence on the founding of the country. Um, when you take that out of the, when you take God out of it, you take away the foundation of the country, and then I think the country crumbles. But to your point, under the Christian, Judeo-Christian philosophy, you can worship however you want to worship, practice your faith however you want to practice your faith, and you don't even have to believe. That only happens under our form of government. No, there's no doubt about that. If parents and teachers are afraid to or are not allowed to teach the traditionally held absolute standards of moral, uh, morality found in Scripture and most of our nation's history to their kids, by what moral standards should we be teaching our kids about moral right and wrong? And we're about it, out of time, so I, I apologize for that. No, look, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, uh, Paul and Silas in the jail. It's not what happened at the jail. We all know what happened at the jail. And we all know about the earthquake and they were singing. We know those stories. But it's what happened afterwards, which is really the call to action for us that I write about in Culture Jihad. When the the government leader said, okay, you guys are are free to go after we beat the living daylights out of you and smeared your names, just go. Mm -hmm. And Paul said... Wait one pee pick and minute. We're not right. going anywhere until you make this right. right. And and I think that is our call because we're not supposed to just go meekly into the night. We've got to take a stand. That's right. And we've got to do so, you know, as happy warriors as I write about in the book. No we've doubt got to about take it. And we gotta raise our kids, not just to be, you know, garden variety average pew warming Christians. We have to be intentional about raising them up as the Daniels, the Josephs, the Ruths, and the Esters to go out there and not just navigate and, and survive our culture, but to help transform it because every great revival down through history was started with young people. So, Todd, thank you so much for being with us, brother. We really appreciate talking with you. Glad to do it. Thanks a lot, guys. God mm-hmm. bless you. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent, Todd Starnes, host of the Todd Starnes News and Commentary. And next month, the three-hour daily radio program, The Todd Starnes Show. He's also author of the book we've been talking about, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation, which you can find on Amazon or wherever you get your books. And you'll find us online at LicensedToParent.org. That's where you'll also find all of our programs. As I mentioned earlier, these are conversations on a lot of topics that are vital to parents and their teens. 
You can also sign up for our blog, and you can get on the bandwagon to become part of the support team here at uh, Licensed to Parent and Shepherd's Hill Academy through your financial support. As you might imagine, running a residential program for troubled teens is quite expensive. Some families can't afford it without your help. So would you please prayerfully consider and then click the Donate tab at the top of the page when you go to LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time and once again renew your Licensed to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.